it's no secret that one of the best ways to get more listeners for your podcast is to be a guest on other people's shows. There are a couple of reasons for this. If you're a guest on somebody's podcast, they've already validated that what you have to say will be of interest to their audience, and presumably the rest of what you have to say will be too. Second, it's much easier to get someone who already listens to podcasts to add a new show to their list than to explain to someone for the first time how podcast works and how to listen to them. People who already listen are a better candidate to join your audience than someone who never has before. But pitching can be time-consuming and sometimes fraught with rejection, awkwardness, and asks within the process that seem downright unreasonable. All of which and more you'll hear in today's conversation with Chris Ward, who sent me the single best podcast pitch I have ever received. I'm Megan Doherty, and this is The Company Show. Podcasting to support your business is completely different than podcasting as a business or even a hobby. Whether you need more clients, more attention, or more engagement, you need to maximize the real measurable results in your business as efficiently as possible. The Company Show will bring you the strategies, the tactics, and the expert insight to make it a whole lot easier. Here's your host, Megan Doherty. Good systems and processes make everything in your business easier. Podcasting is no exception, and neither is getting more traction and visibility by guesting on other shows. If you've been podcasting for more than a minute, you've probably received plenty of pitches, and I'd wager that most of them kind of sucked. While there are excellent high-quality podcast booking agencies like Angie Trueblood's company, The Podwise Group, many PR and other promotional firms offer guest pitching services that amount to no more than a copy-and-paste message emailed to literally every podcast with the right category on Apple or Spotify. Those kinds of pitches suck, and they're annoying, and the conversion rates simply cannot be that good, although I don't have inside insight into that industry. There is a much better way, and Chris Ward demonstrated it when she reached out to me for the first time on LinkedIn. She's a systems person to her bones and has built a company around helping people build the teams and processes they need to make all areas of their business, including podcasting and podcast pitching, smoother and less time-consuming. She's the author of Win the Hour, Win the Day, and host of a podcast by the same name, all of which are going to be linked to in the show notes. Today, she's sharing some excellent tips on how to streamline and batch your podcast pitching process, and her acceptance rate is about 80%, so this is going to be great. Here's our conversation. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Megan. Thank you so much. Perfect. So to jump into things, I'd love to hear kind of when you first decided to start a podcast for your business. What made you take the leap from not being a podcaster to being one? Well, I had done a lot of shows when my Win the Hour, Win the Day book came out, because that's a great way to promote a book or anything that you're doing. I reached out and then I was on a bunch of shows and people kept telling me I was a good guest. And I was like, oh, they're so nice. That's nice. And then a number <laughs> of them would say, you should have your own show because you're a good guest. Which, by the way, I've had people who had their own show and they did not always make good guests. But anyhow, that, it does not always translate. But anyhow, not that they just needed help. Being a host is different than being a guest. But I digress for a minute here. I just thought it was a nice thing that people were saying. And then this was now my show. Yeah. We're all coming up in four years. I thought four years ago, oh, isn't this done? Like, what's the next thing? I just thought, does the world need another podcast? I don't think so. They don't need to hear from me. But I was finally convinced that it could be a really effective business tool. Then that kicked in and I thought, all right, let's give this a go. And finally, we launched the show, When the Hour, When the Day. I love that. I think that's something that a lot of people come to, you know, because there are so many podcasts, right? And the world may not need another podcast of a particular type, but a business can often yeah. benefit hugely from having a podcast. How are your business and your podcast connected? To increase more book sales, to sell more other services? Like what's the relationship between your show 
and your broader business? That's a great question. I think that's why so many podcasts fail. And I don't want to use the word fail. So what I understand is something like 90% of them do not make it past three weeks. Now, part of that, I would say, is we lean into what I'm passionate about, that it's all, we help people with team time and toolkits and really scale anything you're going to do. So often people start a podcast and they don't understand or have any strategy for the amount of work it's going to take. And then they get it up and they keep it alive if they're lucky for a couple of weeks and think, oh, why am I doing this? There's no real plan and they have no strategy in place to make sure this isn't something that dominates their week. It becomes a lot of work with very little payoff. So I think, Megan, and you probably know this, one of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking, oh my gosh, I end this podcast. I'm going to be out there. People are going to hear it. I'm going to get all this new business, blah, blah, blah. That's not something I ever considered. I thought if five people listen to it, so be it. In my case, with what we do, everybody in the winner circle would say to me that I help them get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. Now, sometimes people misunderstand that and they think it falls under the category of productivity. And it's not. It's so much more than that. But why I tell you this is I wasn't going to make a podcast that would be about productivity or efficiencies or systems because the people who need that are not going to listen to that. Somebody who's in shape does not listen to fitness hacks and podcasts. They're in shape. (laughs) Or I might listen to a productivity podcast because it's like, oh, there'll be a micro ninja thing I could learn or whatever. So then we decided to make my podcast anything from sales to social media, that it was really just going to be me talking business. And frankly, what it's turned out to be is the biggest gift to my business ever because we set it up a couple different ways. One, frankly, I get free coaching from fascinating people on subjects that maybe <laughs> I wouldn't even know, never mind to ask. Like sometimes I'm learning stuff that I didn't even know I didn't know. And I'm getting it for free. And I'm building a relationship with these people. So my network has grown considerably because it's like being on five dates with them. Versus if somebody says, let's have a virtual coffee for what? What do you want? What are you going to try to sell me? That was in itself. But also we set it up with the application that you fill out to be on my show that unless you're somebody where I really want to learn your subject or we've had some big ticket guests like Kevin Harrington from Original Shark from Shark Tank, things like that. When you fill out the application, I have some key questions in there that are going to tell me like, How many hours a week do you work? Oh, you're working 60 hours a week. Oh, you have no team or you have a team of one, but you find it stressful. Oh, then I have you coming through to meet with me and to talk. I'm going to be the host, but you are a warm lead. I'm not going to try to sell you because I'm very against that. There's this whole thing I'm starting to see where people refer you to a podcast and then they ask you for four or five referrals before you even meet them. And then you start getting blitzed with, it's insane. It's abusive. It's spammy. Don't even get me started. I could go on with you on that one, the tackiness of it. (laughs) And it's ruining it for other podcasters. Because I do ask, after you've been on my show, I'll say, hey, you were amazing. We assume smart, dynamic people like yourself know other smart, dynamic people. Because guess what? If I do get to meet somebody that you know, Megan, then it does strengthen our relationship. So I'm, I'm all about referrals. But they have to be done in a very strategic and gentle way. Then what happens is I might say, oh, Megan, you said in your application, you're working like 70 hours a week and you don't have any team. And you might say, oh my gosh, I tried that once and it didn't work. So that can give you some free advice and say, well, what didn't work about it? Oh, let me help you, blah, blah. Because I really do want 
to create a movement where your business supports your life instead of consuming it. I can offer you some free things. Maybe you're on my email list. We're building a relationship. For me, my podcast is a funnel to grow my network, which grows my net worth, and to be maintaining relationships and growing my community, even if I got no business out of it, which has not been the case. But even if I didn't, now I am connecting with more and more people that have had a significant interaction with me. And as long as I maintain those relationships, it really is unbelievably powerful. I love that. When we're talking about, you know, designing a show, this is a style we call it a relationship building podcast, where, you know, the primary goal for it is either funnel or building that network and net worth as time goes on. I know you are a systems person, very much so a systems person, which means everyone here loves you. Do you have any other kind of steps that are a part of your podcast production to extend that relationship further after the call or after the thank you or the first follow-up? Do you have any more relationship building steps systematized in your podcasting process? We have a spreadsheet called Chris's Network. After the show, whether I've hosted it or I've been on it, you will be added to the network. Now, here's some things that's really important. I will put your name and I'll try to put something, you know, interesting or fun about you that I remember. Like somebody might say, oh my gosh, whatever. She just went on a trip to Europe when I was chatting with her. Oh yeah, that's her, right? I will then even, they will take my team, take a little screen capture, a picture of you and put that on there. Because we often forget names, but we remember faces. That's a great idea. Yes, because let me tell you, Megan, somebody was on my show. She had red (laughs) hair. She was fantastic. She was a marketer and she was talking to me about weighted blankets. And she's like, I'll change your life, Chris. And I'm like, ah, because I just, people love my high energy, but going to sleep at night is a whole nother kettle of fish. So anyhow, <laughs> I was like, I'll try anything, no problem. I got this weighted blanket, changed my life. I sent out an email saying, this is amazing. You're nice. awesome. I've been using it for a month. I kept waiting for it to wear off. It's not wearing off. This is like, oh my gosh. I went on and on and on. Get the reply back. That is fantastic. I'm so happy for you, Chris. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't recommend it, but I'm so pleased that you're happy. (laughs) Well, what happened is I had two marketers on my show, both had red hair, both of their names started with M. No wonder I got them confused. And this is chit-chat after the show, so it's whatever. So I thought, okay, we can't do this twice. Then I put their picture on the spreadsheet. And then I have another column with a Google link in it. And anytime I make a connection with them, I may refer them to a guest to their show or Christmas time. It took me a week, but I went through my whole list and sent them a personalized message about something I remembered about them or I really hope that they get this thing in the new year because they were talking about that. It took time. I had to do like 10 videos a day for two weeks, but they're like people, you think I sent them a cake I made myself. That spreadsheet where I can then look on that column and see what was the last point of contact. So we have a process that I must reach out with somebody in some way once a month because what I was finding, Megan, is like I started to make all these amazing contacts. Like I had Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner, fantastic on my show. So then for the first few weeks, I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. We're talking, ah, best of friends. But then I have more people on my show. And so you start to realize that he's going down the feed. And what's happening is I was rotating relationships, not maintaining them. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been in business at this point, 12 years. And what if I had, you know, there's relationships I lost just being busy that would really, I don't want to sound selfish, but serve me at this point. But we lost touch because there was no reason to connect. Like, oh, let's have a virtual coffee. Like, 
we didn't have something that brought us together. Yeah. So now this Chris Network spreadsheet has been a game changer. I'll connect people, I'll do whatever, because I've got copious notes on them all and they love it. And like, Chris, you're yeah. the best, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this process, simple spreadsheet. My spreadsheet loving heart is a flutter. That sounds like a really powerful tool in your business. I absolutely love it. Hearing about the videos, I know this video is kind of a big part of your strategy for pitching yourself as a guest on podcast too, because we initially got in touch because you pitched me to come on the show. And I don't mind saying it was probably the single best pitch I have ever received for anyone to be on the show. So I immediately was hoping you would come and talk about this wonderful strategy that you've developed, which I know is informed by the broader work that you do, which I'd love to get more into as well. But for starters, can you just describe your pitching process for getting yourself onto other shows? Because I know people are just going to be dying to hear this. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Flattery will get you everywhere. So listen, <laughs> I get pitched all day long. <laughs> I get pitched all day long to be on my podcast as well. Like I said, it could be anything for sales to social media. And then people, it's just copy and paste. And it's very generic. Aside from the fact that you can see they put a little effort into it. There may be great guests that are pitching me. I'm all about systems. I'm all about having a team. But I hate to say this, PR companies, I hear nothing but complaints about them. They're just throwing stuff out constantly, copy and paste, copy and paste. And I guess to me, it would be like sending somebody in high school to go over and see if I can get a date with that guy. Like, listen, if I really want this, I got to go over there and do the flirting myself. This is it. So <laughs> I think what happens is... People put a pitch out and it's so generic because they're trying to cover everything and they're listing all their accomplishments and all the things that they could talk about, which may not fit me at all. First of all, there's a lack and podcasts about personality and it being dynamic and energetic. So you're not getting any of that from the written page from somebody else. And who says I'm going to read this big, long thing? And then you're going to give me all these links does work. So I do a video and I send it out to different people. And I'm very purposeful and it's very well-crafted and curated on what I say. The first thing I do is I hold up their name, okay? There's an app for this called Big, B-I-G. I think it's free and I just type in your name. So I'm holding it up on my tablet saying, Megan. So you see, even in the scroll that, listen, I'm, this is not a generic pitch. Here's your name. This is obviously, I put effort into this. I also have on the computer behind me, your podcast. It kind of implies I was in the middle of listening to it and I turned around and did a pitch, right? But you are going to be stimulated by the fact that there's your name and there's your picture. Then when you open it up, I start right in and I say, listen, Megan, you know, what I'm about to say, I think is a lot of weight to it because I would describe myself as a podcast junkie. And when I tripped across your show and then I start giving you things about your show that I like, and listen, if you can't find something to like about their show, then don't pitch them. But I believe you can always you find something. Yeah. And I'm very sincere. I'm sincere. If somebody shows me an unattractive child, I say, look at his motor skills. He can really hold a ball. I do not say things I do not mean. So I compliment you on what I mean. And then I lean into, listen, I think you and I could have a really meaty conversation that would be of great value to your audience. I've actually written this book called When the Hour, When the Day. Check it out. Here's my backstory below because I'm going to send you the attachment. And I say, People tell me all the time there's a lot more depth and scope to this than they originally understood. And I think it would really lean into your bigger messaging because I might be pitching somebody about a marketing show and I'm like, listen, you might think systems and processes and building a team and getting 25 hours back a week isn't about branding or marketing or whatever, but 
I can help your people get time back so they can do the marketing that you want to talk to them about on the other shows. So what I do is I say, I think this leans into your bigger message. Instead of saying all the things that I could talk about because people can then put up roadblocks. Well, no, my show is about marketing and you want to talk about systems. So then what am I going to write a 10 minute video? I don't know their objections. And then I have to make the video longer. That's a mistake people make too, is they're telling me how great they are and all their accomplishments, but how does that fit into somebody else's agenda? So the less you say, I think the more powerful it is. Yeah. And I think, I guess, I mean, when I first got your video and I looked at it, it did strike me as immediately as sincere. You had genuinely listened to at least an episode, which is a huge one that a lot of people skip that step, but you had very plainly listened to the audience and getting able to hear like specific things that you liked about the show really did catch my attention immediately. Of course, then I blew up your plans by saying we have to talk about this pitching strategy. But hopefully we're having a very good time. Because the thing is, it's sincerity and it's personal and you're doing work yourself, but it's also batched and efficient. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about the process and you know, maybe a little bit about your underlying philosophy behind it that makes it possible to batch this kind of personalized one-on-one work? Yeah. So I'm all about that, that there's always things that I do need to do. And I want to have systems and things in play. That's what we help with the winner's circle, the things that we put in play to get you those 25 hours back a week. Then we want to take those things off my plate so that I can have personalized relationships with people. Can that always be batched a little bit more, a little bit more for sure. But these things, this is where my priority goes because I'd rather spend Monday mornings an hour doing pitches and get on 80% of those shows than somebody sending out 200 copy and pastings. And more than that, it's, my name's going to be on it and then who cares? It's inauthentic. It's just, it just rubs me the wrong way. So what we do is, let's say, Megan, you might say, oh, I'm on a lot of podcasts. So we then, part of our process, would take your name, plug it in, and see the shows that you've been on, because you're generally speaking the mm-hmm. same audience, even if it's a different topic. You might be going around, but you're yeah. still, even though you're talking about podcasts, you're speaking to entrepreneurs at this stage in their journey, la, 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 la. So then we can take a look at the mm-hmm. list, just keying it in, whatever, there's all different platforms. You can do it up to your phone and iTunes. And we can go, oh, here's the mm-hmm. last... 15 shows Megan's been on. Oh, I can be on that. And we take a look at the other shows and I find great shows to listen to this way as well. But then I will look at the other shows and see the guests they have. And oh, they had someone to talk about similar what I did or whatever, or it's talking to the same audience or they're at my level, like they're not dealing with celebrities. That is done by my team. I will just add what we call our inspiration list. I'll say, oh, I was talking to Megan today is part of our follow-up process and my super toolkit after I get out of the show. And I'll be like, oh, she said she does a lot of shows. Let's add her to the guest inspiration list. And then they will give me a list mm-hmm. and it will be the name and the show and I will listen to it. And then I have the links and I just do my pitch in batch work. Awesome. I love it. What kind of a time investment do you find it is for you and for your team? And if we can talk a little bit more about that absolutely staggering 80% acceptance rate. <laughs> That's a really great number. What's the timeline or the workflow look like for the members of your team who are involved in the process? I would say they probably spend maybe 40 minutes on the prep work because there's always pre and post work to anything you do. That's a mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make. They think they're part of that. And then the batch work I do on videos, I would say, depending on the week, I would usually maybe spend 20 minutes. I could probably crank out easily 10 videos in 20 minutes. Because everything is done for me. I have listened to the show ahead of time. I've done that. So I'm just following the list. Oh, yeah, right. Megan. Okay, great. 
I'm just doing the videos because we've done all that other work elsewhere. Yeah. And again, not leaning into what I do, but we have these super toolkits. People tend to have systems and processes that are static in nature, not written by the end user. And they're just really business world. They're there to cover liability. Our super toolkits constantly allow us to compress work and become more and more efficient. So we can always get to the next thing, like write the book and then, okay, great. We got to promote it. Okay. Now we're going to have a podcast. Okay. Now we're going to have a second book. So what can we do? How do we keep compressing so that you're not stuck at capacity? So the super toolkits allow us to constantly take on new ambitions by compressing our workload, leaning into our strengths, eliminating redundant, repetitive work and mistakes and stuff like that. This system that helps you develop the toolkits and all the systems. If this is kind of an underlying principle to your work, would you share that? What is the light by which you guide your ship to making all of these kinds of decisions? Well, I think, and I'm not sure which one you're referring to, but for me, there's a couple of them. I think your business should support your life, not consume it. And I think that business should be fun. Otherwise, you could have stayed at the job that had better hours, a higher hourly rate because you're not working as many hours. You had no overhead. We also talk about the 60-40 rule. So we should be in 60% creative mode and 40% admin mode. And we always want to be compressing the work so we can move on to the next creation. Because that's all entrepreneur is about is the next idea and getting that idea into execution. Somebody doing better in business than you is just getting their idea to execution faster. They're not smarter than you, Ooh. but they're not held up. That's it. They're not held up. And there's the sound bite. Love it. <laughs> Chris, this has been super interesting, super informative. Can you tell people just a little bit about your book, where they can connect with you and learn more? Yeah. So talking about new ambitions, something that people are really loving right now is we have the Power Entrepreneur Quiz. And people are telling me it's very eerie how we're tapping into their personalities after working with hundreds of entrepreneurs. I find they fall into one of five categories. Like, are you a perfectionizer, jugglerama, brushaholic, whatever. So check out our free gift from Chris, free, F-R-E-E, gift, G-I-F-T, from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. You can take a quiz that'll take you like 30 seconds and you get customized individual results that will help you sort of lean into your superpower and eliminate your kryptonite. But in that as well, there's a few gifts, like a free version of my so you might want to check that out because it's up there just for your show. <laughs> we'll have some fun. Marvelous. Well, thank you so much for this. This was great. I cannot wait to start adding some of this workflow and some of these tools to our process. And I'm sure everyone listening feels the same. Thank you. Well, it's an honor. Thank you for trusting me with your audience, Megan. I just want to quickly recap the process for podcast pitching that Chris shared because we got into a lot of really interesting detail. And this is really important and worth getting down and making a part of your systems. So number one, you or someone on your team researches complimentary shows either by Googling or by following the trail of other podcasts that your own guests have been on. Two, you listen to the shows that are of the most interest to you, at least a couple of episodes, and determine and brainstorm what kind of topic might be a great fit for each one. Three, you write an honest review on Apple or another platform about why you like the show so that you can share that you did so when you're making your initial approach. Four, you make that initial approach by recording a short video using Loom or your phone depending on your setup with the podcaster's name in the frame and their show on a computer in the background. In the video, be very sincere about what you liked, why you think you'd be a good fit, and what you'd like to talk about. Five, send the video to the podcaster via LinkedIn or email. Of course, the processes involved in your podcast don't stop there. You've got all of your production processes and your promotion processes. And if your main goal with your podcast is relationship building, you should have a lot of processes there as well. 
The pitch is only the first step of many when it comes to creating a strong foundation for a real relationship that's going to grow and be valuable both interpersonally and professionally over time. As we talk about within the Business Podcast Blueprints, a relationship-building podcast is primarily a vehicle to grow that professional network. You can check out our previous episodes, Metrics That Matter for Company Podcasts, and my conversation with Jason Carcione all about optimizing your workflows and relationships. There is the invitation itself, and Chris's strategy is an absolute winner here. Then the call, to which you should arrive on time, prepared, and ready to promote if it's relevant to your audience. And then the follow-up, which can include a whole bunch of different things. Following up is a place where we often fall down, which Chris points out. Relationships take time and effort to become strong, and you should have a system to help you keep on track and up to date with them. Chris describes her networking spreadsheet as the main resource she uses within her own business to do this. And Jenny Blake, the author of Free Time and Pivot, has a wonderful keep in touch notion strategy, which I'll link to in the show notes as well. After Chris and I recorded our conversation, she surprised and impressed me again with an immediate LinkedIn post announcing the call and that it would be coming out in the future. That post will be linked in the show notes as well, so you can check it out. As a podcast host, that was delightful. And the entire process was easy, pleasant, and resulted in the excellent information that you've listened to today and hopefully can apply in your own business. A++, 10 out of 10, would recommend this strategy. As always, thank you for joining me today on The Company Show. This podcast is created by the whole team at One Stone Creative, who are also all busy right now preparing for the second Podcasting for Business conference. It's going to be happening November 13th to 15th this year, and early bird tickets are currently available. Attending the conference, you'll get access to over a dozen expert presentations, three Ask the Expert sessions about mission-critical topics, speed networking events, and deep dive workshops to hone your podcasting skills. It's all going to be recorded, so if you can't attend live, that's no problem. You can get access to everything either way. Tickets are just $147 until September 15th, so get them and the details at pfbcon.com. That's pfbcon.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you soon.